0: So, now that we've talked about the fulfillment of the promise, I want to talk about the actual power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See the power to live the Christian life is in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you believe the Word of God, the Bible, then you must agree that there is something that has been called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It may have been described to you in multiple different ways, but let's just settle it that there is something called the baptism of the holy spirit let's look what john the baptist said in matthew three eleven. he says i indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than i whose shoes i am not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire now let's look where jesus was baptized by john the baptist in mark 1 verses 8 through 10. See, even Jesus experienced a baptism with water and a separate baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he was already perfectly righteous. So you might ask, why would Jesus, the Son of God, need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? He was doing this to show us that we are to live exactly as he did. So let's look what John the Baptist says here and then what happens uh, in Mark 1.8. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. Did you notice this separate event here? Also, on the day of Pentecost, uh, the, the apostles were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had already breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So after he left, this is what happened in Acts 2 verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, might, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance see when we read about the early early believers in the book of acts whenever they were born again they also received the baptism in the holy spirit soon afterward and this is why many christians would claim that the baptism of the holy spirit comes just automatically at salvation but when jesus breathed on his disciples and said receive the holy spirit that was their born again experience but they still needed to wait until they were endued with power. See, people recognize the Spirit's work in drawing people to God and and they just assume that any action of the Holy Spirit proves the filling or baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there are major differences between having the Holy Spirit present in your life and having the Spirit empowering your life. One example I have of this is an electric bicycle. A friend of mine described this to me and I thought it made so much sense. You can get on a bicycle and ride with the pedals. In other words, you can use the 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 function of the wheels and the chain and the pedals and get somewhere. And that's like believing in Jesus and, and, and becoming born again, but still having no power to to get somewhere. <laughs> But when you plug in the battery and you, you activate the power of the electric motor, it's like the power of the Holy Spirit that just propels you forward because he has far more power than we do. So this is not saying that you can't get to heaven if you don't have, if you haven't been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just a lot harder to live in the meantime. So this is where God is saying, do it my way and you will eat the good of the land. Now, let's see what Jesus told his disciples about having the Holy Spirit in John 14, 16, and 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. See, before this time, the the Holy Spirit could not be received the way Jesus was discussing with them. See, he was present with the disciples and he worked with them, but he wasn't in them empowering them as he was in Jesus. This, this is because the fullness of the Holy Spirit couldn't be, couldn't be sent from the Father until Jesus returned to the Father. See, Jesus said, when I go to my Father, I will ask him to send then the Holy Spirit back to you. I want you to to look here uh, what he mentions about rivers of living water in uh, John 7 verses 37 to 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified." Now this last verse here is so clear to me. These people were already believing in him, but Jesus was speaking ahead of a future event. And John understood this when he wrote about it. I just love it that he, he doesn't allow it to, to just be misunderstood. See, Jesus said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But John stops us here and says, but this is, he's talking about the spirit. So, this was not to happen until later. Now, if you want to talk about how much power is there, this is is not just a trickle or or a little cup full of water. It's not even like a well in the ground that you have to pump. Jesus said, rivers of living water will flow out from you. Those who don't believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate event mistakenly teach that God's miraculous power has ceased or or stopped and they just don't believe that the gifts of the Spirit or or working miracles uh, still happens today. But that's why it doesn't work for them. See the Holy Spirit is our power source. If you reject him, you won't see any miracles or healings. If you accept him God's way, it's like plugging the battery into your, your electric bike. So, this, my, my invitation to you is to accept him by receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Allow God's supernatural power to begin working through you in all of these ways. Now, remember, all of this begins by becoming born again. If you have not become born again, you are not made righteous yet as a vessel to house the Holy Spirit. In Acts 8, Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ. When the apostles realized the miracles that were happening, and many people were believed in, uh, they believed in Jesus and they were water baptized. When the leaders in Jerusalem heard this, they sent Peter and John to check it out. Let's look what happened in Acts 8, verses 5 through 8. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So that's the event that happened. Now let's look at the next verses, verses 14 to 17 in, Chap- in Acts 8. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit." Now, again, this is such a great example of the two separate events. Now, I just want to mention kind of the other side of this that people have a mistaken understanding on. Some people assume that you aren't really saved until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 8 here very clearly proves that salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit are two separate experiences. It says the Samaritans had received God's word and they were born again and had been water baptized. If they would have died before being baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is no question they would have been taken into the presence of the Lord in heaven. See, believing in Jesus saves or brings righteousness, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit empowers living. Now There's also some disciples in Ephesus who also demonstrated this truth. And I just want to say, the reason I'm going through these things is just to give you an understanding of some arguments that are out there. And if you don't know what the Bible says about it, you may go, oh, okay, I'm not sure what to say. And even when you are praying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if there's any question in your heart or in your mind Uh, you may still be somewhat reserved toward it. So, this is just to allow you to see how these situations happened and you can see the heart of the Father through this. Okay, so, Apollos had been preaching Jesus wherever he went, but he had left the disciples before Jesus was raised from the dead. So, he believed in Jesus, but he didn't know anything about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that in Acts 19. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. See, I was raised in a church where no one ever told me that I could be supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that he wanted to to come and work miracles through me. See, our church didn't they weren't against God moving. They just didn't believe that we could expect this of God. See, we were saved, but we didn't have any power to live. Now I want I want you to look at what he says to Timothy in Second Timothy three verses one through seven. Second Timothy three verse one. And from such people turn away. For this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, doesn't this describe much of what we see in the church today? When I read the first part, I see just a lot of just sin happening. And it talks about, you know, the blasphemers, the unthankful, unholy, unforgiving. But right in the same list, it says, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Why is that just as bad as those living in blatant sin? Paul even says from these people, turn away. Why do you think he says this? I think it's because you can. we have the ability to so easily... Be, be led astray. The last thing I think, the, the last verse there, verse 7, I think is almost, almost the worst part. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you remember what I started out with talking about listening to just preachers talking? This includes you listening to me. <laughs> See, learning something by hearing it taught is different. Than actually experiencing it for yourself. This is like what I I mentioned about even Isaiah in the beginning. He had learned about God and he he learned some amazing things about God. But when he met God in chapter 6, he said, "'Woe is me for I am undone.' He realized how different it was knowing about God from being able to experience god himself see people that have just become saved and just looking forward to dying and going to heaven they don't have anything else to look forward to in their christian life today and many times it's just that they don't know the people that apollos preached to just simply didn't know there was a holy spirit so there will be people that you talk to that say i don't know what that is But just like Paul didn't just leave them kind of stranded on their own, he met them and he said, oh, you've become born again. He said, let me introduce you to the power to live. See, millions of people alive today can give their testimony to this, that they have had a separate, distinct work of the Holy Spirit in their lives after salvation. People all around the world have experienced some of the greatest outpourings of God's power. So, what about you? Do you want to experience God's power? Are you wanting to hear his voice and experience the abundant life? Do you want to plug into the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you realize that all you need to do is ask? Look what Jesus said in Luke 11 verses nine through 13. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him?" So this is a wonderful promise that everyone who asks receives. In fact, I would say, how did you become born again? You ask, believe, and receive. See some people have dramatic experiences receiving the Holy Spirit, and others are genuinely baptized without feeling a single thing. One is not better than the other as long as you received. So don't let outward manifestations or the lack of that to discourage you. Don't let the devil talk you out of this gift from God. See, when I think of what happened with me compared to my wife, it was completely different experiences. In fact, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I had not received any teaching on it. I was 14 years old as uh, in, a, in a religious church and the people in the church where I grew up truly loved God and wanted to follow Him. I learned to honor the, the Bible, the Word of God. I learned to memorize scriptures. I learned to spend time praying and reading the Bible but it just never quite made sense to me. Can I say I was always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. And I had been born again at the age of seven. So imagine the sincerity of a seven-year-old boy. At that age, you don't really know what you don't know. But at age 14, I was kneeling beside my bed before going to sleep. And I just felt this cry in my heart, I just I wanted to know him but I didn't know how to do anything more than what I had been doing. I was trying to read and trying to pray and trying to memorize and I wasn't even asking, Lord baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that I could even ask that. (laughs) I just said, God, I just want you, I just want you, I just want more of you. It wasn't about the Bible anymore at that point. It wasn't about trying to pray for other people. I was, I, I was basically asking, God, I just want to know the real you and the, the Holy Spirit came in the room and, and came over me in power. I felt the weight of his presence and I realized God was in the room and I was, I was terrified for my life and out of my belly came praying in tongues like I, did, I had never experienced before. It was such a powerful experience, I fell over on the floor and I passed out and I didn't wake up for another couple hours. When I woke up, I was laying on the floor on my side and everything was quiet. And at that point, I could begin to hear the voice of God. When I read the scriptures, they made sense to me. I didn't even know what it was called, but I knew something had changed. That's my personal experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. When my wife was reading and praying this one time, and this was 20 years later, at least, maybe longer, <laughs> I'd have to think about it. But she was, she was just sitting and reading Andrew's book, The New You and the Holy Spirit. And she just said, well, of course, Lord, I want that. It was such a simple, sweet, soft experience and she said that all of the expectations that she had of having an experience of power, all of those expectations just sort of flew away and she said she just knew by faith that she had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And guess what? For the first time when she read the scriptures, they made sense to her. When she would pray, she would be she could hear what God was telling her. So I'm telling you those two stories so that you don't get wrapped up in one side or the other. Even though our experiences were completely different from each other, the result is still the same in that God is able to connect with us. <laughs>